You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, welcome to Axe to Grind. Before we get into today's episode, we have the title track of the brand new EP from the band End of One from Poughkeepsie, New York. The song is called Immortal off the Immortal EP coming out on May 17th on Streets of Hate. You might be asking yourself, End of One, I know that name. I know that name. If you're from the Hudson Valley, you definitely know them. If you're a deep diver and know, oh, End of One features members of All Out War and Vomit Forth. Well, here's your chance. Get to know End of One. Song is immortal. Let's go. to grind the hardcore podcast i'm patrick i'm bob and i'm tom gentlemen what's popping are we going to do some reads and get right to it you're you're like all business i I was thinking about your conversation about uh you know the approximately four seconds a week where you're serious when you say welcome to axe to grind (laughs) yeah the hardcore podcast and uh that is pretty funny. It is a pretty funny thing. That's likely one of the most serious. Is that? Have you found yourself to be more of a serious man in Australia, or what? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm that serious. I'm I'm rather suburban. I wake up, take a dog for a walk, uh, go, retreat to my uh, garage office. Uh, it's a, it's a it's not bad. It's, <laughs> it's not, not bad. No, it's not bad. It's it's very nice actually. With that said. Tom, let's get right into the reads today. We've got a couple good ones. Uh, before we get into them, let's say a big thank you to a Run for Cover Records. Death Wish Inc. Love, love, love. 
Today's main focus is closed casket activities. Baka. And to live a lie. Uh, let's start with closed casket activities. Go to closedcasketactivities.com. Uh, I am going to direct you to a record that, um, you know, I think deserves a little bit more time and attention. It is mm. the Primitive Man Insurmountable 12-inch EP. Uh, this one's cool. I actually um, was digging around, you know, uh, the proprietor of Closed Casket is uh, a friend, and I was looking at. It, I was like, "Oh, I haven't, I haven't checked this one out yet." Um, PK, you can go in. This is a heavy record. Yeah, so this this is a heavy band. Uh, been around for a while. Uh, for those of you that like Doom, but like would like songs there, <laughs> this this might scratch that itch. Uh, I think they've had times where they've. So this is this band's been around for a long minute. And I think they've had times where they went uh, with more traditional um, sort of metal sounding songs, but then also mm-hmm. uh, some really heavy uh, doomy parts. Uh, I don't know what this new one sounds like. I haven't checked it out, but I remember the catalog from uh, so like 2013. I want to say this band like really broke for a lot of people. Yeah, and, that sounds right. And at that time, uh, there was. It, people didn't know whether to file it under too cool or not. And uh, the answer is no, it's, it's catchy. It's good. A lot of our listeners are going to be into it. I can't speak for this new record yet, but I'm sure I'll feel the same way I have about the other records. Yeah. On, on cursory listens, I was taken in because uh, your description wasn't wrong. It is doom, but, but uh, tuneful doom. There's, there's parts to the song that are really, really catchy. Um, without losing any of that heaviness. It's 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 one of those bands where I'm like, oh, <clears throat> you know, this band doesn't sound like Converge, but I think anybody who likes Converge would like this. Anybody who likes the classic Southern Lord material, you know, the Sons, the Boris, the, the you know, and even, even to outside of that, you know, heavier stuff um, could like this. If you like Hydrahead material, you would. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that, that's a good mean? pull. That's a good pull, yeah. So, so um, please go to closedcasketactivities.com, find that Primitive Man insurmountable pre-order, and uh, get yourself the LP, the Clear with Splatter. There's not many of these left. They're moving very quickly. So uh, tell them that Axe Grind sent you. Tom, you want to help me with To Live a Lie? Sure. Let's go to tolivealie.com. <laughs> Click on that web store. Today, uh, today was a fun one because, um, as you know, we really enjoy all the web stores of our fine sponsors, but to live a lie has lots of stuff and they always surprise me. So um, I went in, clicked on that new products. and was like, let me do, do, do. I saw a seven inch by the band Judas. I don't know if either of you are familiar with the band Judas from Southern California from probably 10 years ago, maybe even a little more. Um, really fast, hard, like power violence, but then sludgier parts. And I loved it. Like awesome band. I think they did a record on 16 OH way back. Uh, we booked them on either sound of fury 2008 or 2009. Um, just a really, really good band. And they did a seven inch years later called dictator on RSR that I don't own. And lo and behold, it is in the, 
new items on the Tolibli web store. So I'm definitely picking that up. And I really, I, I recommend it. If you have not heard this band and you like fast hardcore, you like Mind Eraser, you like Crossed Out, you like Infest, um, you like Regional Justice Center, you like World Peace, check out the Judas 7-inch. Um, then the other one, and similar kind of world, the Sex Prisoner, Tan Hauser Gate CD. So uh, Tucson, Arizona, Power Violence, Hardcore Band, just a band who does this style right it's really really abrasive but in that like fast burst way um so this uh scratches an itch for me uh i kind of am curious i think as a cd this might just be a bunch of material um so i'm i'm always a fan of that so i'm gonna grab those two tom anything strike your eye because i might have one or two others here but i don't want to go for the uh there uh in the small vinyl section, mm-hmm. the uh, two by seven inch gatefold for uh, it's a four way seven inch between mm. um, race trader, closet, witch, neckbeard, death camp. We talked about it here before and Hagathorn. Oh, race trader continuously putting out new material, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it's when we talk about bands that like have stuff to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they and they're able to kind of be articulate on stage and, and, you know, not rest on their laurels and continuously put out new and, and kind of, um, vital. Yeah. So. No, and, and that's, no, that's, that's cool. Shout out. You'll always learn something new. You don't yo, know all so, four bands. You can't. <laughs> no, I like that energy. And like, uh, yo, so, so go in, hit the to live web store distro click around you're gonna find something that like it's that uh something new something old something borrowed something blue whatever that is um you're gonna find some good stuff check it out let them know we sent you guys how you doing how you feeling uh, I am it's good. It's the Thank end for asking. of the world as we know it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true. Like, everything's uh, great over here, man. No, please. Nothing. I mean, my life is good. Sharks, but, they'll kill you. Yeah, but Australia itself is—it's uh, a very chaotic spot. Have you been uh, in the Indian Ocean yet? Uh, yeah, put my feet in it the other day. Okay, I raced. I raced alongside it like Rocky. I ran. I ran on it. Oh, you were your cup on the outside. <laughs> yeah, I had I uh, had my trainer with me. Good. Uh, running on the beach, hard activity. Hard, hard activity, activity, no doubt. Um, let me know when you go full body in the Indian Ocean. That's a nice moment. Um, mm. Yeah, Tom, things here in the States. Uh, what's apart. going on? Everything's falling apart. Okay. People, so, yeah. so as people probably have heard, um, there was a draft from the Supreme Court that leaked. By the way, I want to talk about that. Uh, that basically, in no uncertain terms, uh, concluded that the Supreme Court is going to overturn Roe v. Wade, uh, right. essentially taking out federal protections of of abortion um, yeah, right and allowing that. states to uh, make it illegal. And so, half the states in this fucking country are garbage. <laughs> Maybe even a more little than more half. than half. Yeah, sixty um, percent of these states. I I really, one. I really want to get your opinions, Tom and and Patrick, of course. 
Uh, but you know, as an ex, as Pat expat, um, you know, it's but it's <laughs> it'll be interesting actually to hear your opinion seeing it from overseas. That said, yo, the leak. I love the leak. Fuck, fuck you, Supreme Court. Yeah, someone who's working with you in your office isn't a total douchebag and was like, holy fucking shit, they're really going to do this insane garbage. But there's different takes on that, so that's not yeah, the yeah, let's, let's hear it. Go, go, that's go. My pro- that's the problem. No one seems to know where it's coming from. Which, right. when it first got leaked, like you know, most of the, the the idiots were like, "I can't believe they would desecrate the Supreme Court." Not never mind that, like they're overturning, you know, established <laughs> law, and like they're like ruining millions of lives. It's yes. like I can't believe they stole that copy. But hmm. there's also a theory that. A right wing person, you know, one of the for the more right wing judges leaked it because if the, the, if there was any kind of decision or like hemming and hawing that they were still ready, still trying to make like still trying oh, to design. Oh, okay, okay. Now they're bound to what's in that because then you're like, then you, you know, you fell fell victim to the fucking radical left or whatever. So now they're yeah. like tied in. That and, 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 right. and there's a third theory that it's a temperature check. That 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 it is intentional to it's see. It's hot, motherfucker. Yeah. It is hot. Yeah, to see well, to see what the. Yep, yep. Uh, so, and we have no way of telling who uh, until they figure out who it is, and that person might not be uh, upfront about their motivations when when they're finally outed. So, it, it's hard to tell what exactly is going on. I don't. I I don't even engage with this part of the conversation because I don't really understand this leak at all. Regarding the decision yeah, I mean, itself, it could be either way. But I mean, that's also, right. that's right. You got to imagine probably not that many people that have their hands on a potential Supreme Court decision. No, I bet I, no, I would not imagine. A, never mind one that's like world changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like you don't need Sherlock Holmes for this one. Um, no, but <clears throat> here's the thing. Uh, I let me just say that I've gone on record a number of times saying that I did not think that this I, I was certain that this day would never happen. Uh, I've been kind of dismissive about a lot of people's anxieties about it. Uh, clearly, I may have been wrong. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Although I this is a thing that I, I do need to say. I don't know what's going to happen with the Supreme Court. I will say, however, that. Typically, in the last, particularly maybe 15 years, abortion law in the United States is a, a, it's a game of chicken, and it is purely political. That doesn't mean that it's not scary. That doesn't mean that for those of you that, that this is a big issue, that you shouldn't be out in the street doing what you want to do. It's just to say that this is often a game being played above all our heads when they know it will not change. The fact that this is the Supreme Court is it makes it a different conversation when the states do this. So, so for our listeners that like really aren't in, engaged in this conversation or, or give a shit real close, real quick, every year, some state, typically a Southern one uh, says, yeah, we're not allowing abortion or they try to be as restrictive as possible within, within the law. And then inevitably uh, th- this, the federal government says, no, no, no. And then it, they walk it back within days. This happens mm. multiple times, I would say at least once a year since I've been a child, really. And now the, because this is, this is the Supreme Court, I can't say that this is just posturing. I can't say that this is just uh, games being played. I right. don't know what I don't know what to make of this at all. 
No, it's not. Uh, if if I if I am a little disengaged with this conversation, fellas, it's simply because I do not know what to make of this at all. I'm very very shocked. I, my personal take on it is that. Uh, I became a Tom. You're going to love this. I became a Roe v. Wade. I became a Roe v. Wade scholar in the last week and a half. Oh, okay. Are we testing this? Yeah. <laughs> well, Tom, here's what I find so fascinating. I did not know this. Is that uh, Roe v. Wade is based on a woman's right to privacy? Actually, a patient's right to privacy is what it's based. Correct. On. And right, which is there- why yeah. anyone in the United States of America. With this, within the sound of my voice, this is such a terrible finding mm-hmm. for a myriad. Because number one, the fact that you can you could take away someone's right to choose a medical, like I, that's just fucking insanity. You don't have to agree with that. I had a long talk over Mother's Day with my mom, my very Irish Catholic mom, about this. And she, I could even get her to the point that I was like, you know, it's not for me and I don't necessarily think it's right, but no one should be able to tell you what you can't do. I go, well, that's all I'm saying. Like, no one's saying that you have to, like, agree with the, pro- like, whatever. You religious things come involved, blah, blah, blah. But once that right to privacy um, kind of standard goes away, then there goes, you know, the right to gay marriage. Well, there t- Tom, here's the right. To, all right, please. Pat. Well, so, so, sorry. Here, here, yes. No, no, no. <laughs> but here's what here's what I found fascinating, though, mm-hmm. is that obviously the Supreme Court interprets Constitution to uh, 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 amend law. Right. That's that, that's their job. But yeah. there is no right to privacy enshrined in the Constitution, which I find super fascinating as a person that values my privacy. A lot, maybe more than me talking on podcasts all the time about my life would ever suggest. <laughs> I think that you're right, right to privacy. I think your right to privacy is, should be absolute. However, it is not guaranteed to you by the Constitution. Uh, my only take, and uh, I admit that this is uh, for those of you that are stupid, this might be a hot one. Um, we are approaching a place where we do not value our own right to privacy at all. And mm. when, and when I, when, whether we're talking about tech, whether we're talking about what, go, what a government has access to, et cetera, we're approaching a place where privacy is just not a, a premium for us. It's not a thing or it's not a thing that we value. And I do not know if these two things are connected, but it's interesting to me that rights that are based on privacy are, are quickly eroding. And uh, I think that even if you are not a person who is invested in abortion, let's say that you're a dude who never gets any ass and you just don't, it's not a thing for you. As Tom pointed out, this is still a privacy issue. So there are, there are different ways to approach this and still be mindful and still care. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it is a, in that respect, I think it's more complex than a lot of uh, activists, a, a, a lot of on both sides are, are willing to admit that this is uh, as Tom said, this, this has a knockdown effect on a, on a lot of different parts of your life. So worth considering. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, if you don't think they're going to go after gay marriage next, you're out of your fucking mind. I think the, the right, you know, like due process in, in, in the constitution kind of, it's supposed to be like life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness or life, liberty and property. Mm-hmm. Like, 
liberty is fucking, you know, like that's, that's where like the right to privacy come, you know, is under. And I think, you know, they'll come, they'll come for that. They'll come for fucking loving versus Virginia, the right, to, you know, like the protection of like interracial marriage. Like, right. There's nothing that these motherfuckers won't do to fuck with the non rich white elite people. And, you know, if you get arrested for having an abortion, well, now you're a felon. Guess who can't fucking vote in a lot of places? Felons. Yeah. And so, I mean, <laughs> like, this is not a woman's problem. This is a fucking human being problem. And I think, you know, people were up in arms and, like, they're like, you know, it was great. They were, like, protesting outside of Kavanaugh's house. They're like, well, think about the neighbors. And the neighbor was like, motherfucker, I, I fucking, I put this together. Yeah, like his neighbor yeah. is out, like putting together like pro- like protests outside their house and stuff like that, and like it's a really, really you know scary proposition and how it'll impact women and and mostly poor folks, mostly and most people you know people of color. And then once that goes through, like these fucking animals that are in the fucking you know these assholes in the Supreme Court and and you know. The, the side that should be fighting against all this stuff is completely fucking useless. Yeah. And well, okay. So, so, yes. So, Tom, please hammer this point because – it, it, Yeah. Let, let Tom continue. No, I, I – but, but, but this is like this is like the underlying point for me. So, like, if you don't mind, go hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we – you know, everyone's like, you know, go out there and vote. I'm like, well, we did. And all these motherfuckers, like, from people that I actually liked. I liked Obama. I know he wasn't great, but, like, I liked him. They were like, this isn't really number one on my priority list. And they could have codified this and it made a fucking rule, a a law, and that would have been it. And they never did it. And all these motherfuckers hold this over our heads as like, we have to vote for the left. Because if we don't Mm -hmm. do that, then they're going to come for this. Well, they came for this and all these motherfuckers did bupkis. Scattered like roaches. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. Biden's like, we better start, you know, it's up to you guys to vote. This is why it's important to vote. Pro choice (laughs) people in the election. I'm like, Fuck all we like. They've let us down, and and it's it's a it's a disgusting. It's, yes, it's and they should be fucking ashamed of themselves. And I used to be like, ah, you should vote, but now I get why people don't because you. And what do they do? It's they're just so. And then you know, yeah. even this morning they have like the fucking spokesperson being like, "There's ways to protest, and like you know, a Supreme Court judge should be able to do their job without fear." And blah. blah, blah. I'm like, fuck these people. Burn this whole goddamn country to the ground. And uh, well, <laughs> and <Preach. in> strong. <laughs> so, so uh, what Tom was saying is the, is really the issue for me. Um, it, this is going to be the, the thing that Democrats use to try to not be murdered in the uh, uh, midterms. Uh, so, for Karen. people that, for, for, yes, exactly right. So, pe- for people that don't know, they don't give a shit about government. Let's try to make it fun. Uh, mm. Democrats, Democrats are looking at a. A, a cataclysmic loss in the midterms. Yes. Everybody anticipates that that there is no hope for the Democrats. <laughs> and now here's the question. A, here's the question, real quick. Why? Yes. Why? Uh, uh, well, because they're being perceived as ineffective and spineless. Uh, and spineless, and and not being able to get things done, even when they hold the White House. When and, they hold the levers uh, of power, they don't pull them. And and that's he, right. And, and so now, what what's going on? <laughs> they're they're thinking this one's going to be the the uh, buckshot. <laughs> well, as Tom said, they had the opportunity to codify this law. They the, and Biden actually said that he this was yeah in print. Yeah, yeah, said that I'm on it. Uh, they didn't do it. 
And now they're going to say, but you got to vote for us because we'll get, we will do it this time. And I think that for people that just read the headlines, for people that are, you know, kind of like low information voters, et cetera, and that's not a knock. Everybody's a low information something at some point. But for low information voters, they're going to see Democrat lawmakers say, we have to protect Roe v. Wade. And they're not going to ask the critical question is, okay, sure, but why now? Why, why are you saying this now when you had an opportunity? It, it, this is like uh, somebody's loans. or yeah. somebody's engine, yep. engine seizing and being like, damn, I guess I should have attended to that before my engine seized. Yeah, and especially yes. the conversation immediately following this being like, well, you got just, uh, geez, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You better go vote. What can I mean, possibly like, do? Better go vote. It's, it's uh, AKA. I, I don't. Yeah, go ahead. California Democrats. Oh God! Wow, guys, what are we gonna do? I don't know. You have a supermajority. Do anything you want. <laughs> like, you know, you can I mean? literally like, do anything you want. You fucks. <laughs> well, and so <laughs> so the thing is, it's Joe Manchin's fault. And and everybody was, you know, everybody was leaning. This is the part that I I see really bright and like neon uh, billboard here. Ain't nobody felt good about what's happened over the last two years, really, in terms of wow. okay, Democrats have power. Okay, what are they? What do they do? What What are we doing? Is there what's going on? Okay, are you you're, you're fixing those things that Trump? Did? No, no, you're gonna you're, that's gonna stay. Oh, why? 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 Oh, it's uh, what what is happening? This is breeding the apathy and distaste for the process that is a failure for the democrats but isn't that what they all want don't they want us all to be apathetic except for the few fucking psychos that'll vote well well it's a it's a it's a loss for the democrats it's a loss for the republicans there's a win for the republicans because yes they want the billionaires to vote for themselves and that's it you know it's like right they go we want this to happen and then it happens yes miracle like they're in no position of power and all this like so, so the question for both of you guys, because uh, we're all, um, yeah, I, I was taken aback. I, I, you know, and then Tom, you've alluded to it. These kind of like the um, slippery slope moves that could yeah. be happening as a result of this, and you know, you hear the rumblings of what states are saying on the more conservative side uh, as like the next steps, including stuff like banning IUDs. Yeah, and like <laughs> prophylactics only for married couples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like wh- what? Like what, um, yeah, like now like what do you do? if if that's not anti-woman. See, but here's the thing. The, those those extremists uh which is what they are, uh, because uh poll-wise no Americans agree with that. Those extremists Poll-wise no people don't believe, don't agree with this. It's yeah, like 70-30. Yep. No, that's yeah. true. But the problem with the problem with the interpreting constitution is that it's not There's supposed no. to matter it's not supposed to matter. No. So, no. but, but, let, but let, lo- they, they vote along party lines, but it's not supposed to be that way. Right. That's also true. So, so, but, but the thing is that, uh, yeah, the, the, the extremists are actually a, a gift to the Democrats who are going to use those, like the, the lawmakers that are saying things like, yeah, maybe we should only consider birth control for married. Yes. Couples. They're using Democrats, that as the scare tactic. The, the Democrats their- love it. Love it. Yeah. Oh, we've got a loon. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's so, some but, places thinking about like charging people with murder. Right, yeah, yeah. Louisiana. Right, um, murder. Yo, I 
we all see this. We're all uh, varying levels of shocked and disgusted and surprised and what have you. Here's my question. What's to be done? What can somebody who's hearing this... Yeah, I know. What can someone who's hearing this do... I have do? two suggestions. Yes, thank you. One, if you have the wherewithal and the money to do so, donate. It doesn't necessarily need to be Planned Parenthood. There's a, there, every state has like abortion access like funds. There are going to be a lot of folks out there that are going to need to fucking get out of Texas or get out of Oklahoma or fucking Louisiana or wherever and get to a safe state where they can get the medical treatments that they are, are should be afforded. So there's like funds that will help with the travel expenses and medical expenses and everything. Seek those out. One thing that I was always thinking of, Hardcore's full of a lot of tough guys, right? Mm. For the most part. Alleg- allegedly. You know? Even if you're not that tough. I read there was some comedian that posted on Twitter and I was like, that's a fucking brilliant idea and I'm going to steal it. And I wish I remembered his name, but he used to volunteer and stand outside Planned Parenthood and like escort people, you know, women from their cars, from public transport, whatever, past all the fucking lunatics Hmm. that are yelling and screaming at them. Meanwhile, they're coming to get a fucking pap smear and like. They're like, right. you're a murderer. Like, fuck right. like yeah, some, some, base, some basic. Yeah, yes, right. But if you have the time and you have the capability, maybe volunteer and, like, make sure those folks that are getting those services feel safe and feel fucking supported and protected. So uh, uh, that's a good suggestion. I don't think that there's uh, really, uh, you know, t- uh, Tom has given up on voting. I've, I gave up a long time ago. Uh <laughs> I obviously I'm still suck. I'll still vote probably because <laughs> yeah. So be- be- I mean, it's not much better, but it's still a little better. No, for sure. I, I, I mean, yes, that that is how you allegedly make your voice heard in in a democratic awful. system. But but what I'll say is, uh, I agree with Tom in the uh, direct action uh, sort of thing. But I I think that the this is my suggestion as a man in who is in a place that I'm not even in your country anymore, but mm. uh, if this is a thing that is important to you, Still your and country, motherfucker. <laughs> if this is a thing that is important to you and yeah, like uh, a French guy, I'm not in your country. <laughs> and, and you oh, see Pat, expat Pat, <laughs> and you see uh, that you are in a state where the, the laws may change to something that uh, doesn't suit you. Then I think Tom is right. You um, might be, uh, if if that if this is your if this is the thing you care about, then I'm sure that there will be organizations that will be uh, transporting. There people. are, yeah. yeah, they definitely are already. So if it, it, this, I'm in the direct action camp. If this is a thing that you value, and I'm going to, yes. I, I I don't, you know, we're not a very extreme podcast. We're we're three guys that work for a living. Uh, you know, there's no, uh, the, we're not living in a squat. Uh, it, it, it's. You know, I haven't had dreadlocks in weeks. And the thing is that uh, we can still suggest there is direct action that doesn't involve burning anything down. You can still, like, do things that directly yeah. impact people's lives. Yes. That that are a, where you put yourself at risk for arrest. These that's This is what we call protest, by the way, everybody. When you put yourself mm-hmm. at risk for arrest in... in, in uh, running contrary to a law that you think is unjust. We call that actual protest, civil disobedience. 
and there will be means for you to help people in that capacity. And if this is an issue that you care about, then I would like to, you know, maybe live the courage of your convictions and and, and go do it. So that's that's all I got to say about that. I think what both Patrick and Tom said uh, are great ideas and thoughts. Um, There's strength in numbers. If you and some friends want to volunteer time, there's a lot of ways you can do that. If you don't have friends or if you're just a solo kind of person, go volunteer your time. Look around. Um, I like Tom's idea a lot. Uh, I worked down the street in Cherry Hill, New Jersey from a Planned Parenthood, and there were protesters out there every single day, every day, harassing people who walked by. We would walk by three dudes walk into the Vietnamese spot two blocks down and they'd start trying to talk to us. We're like, guys, what what, (laughs) wrong demographic? What are you talking about? Um, But basically the intimidation uh, style is real, but you know, you don't have to be six, four and full of muscles to uh, go and volunteer to make people feel a little more comfortable. Uh, Is that a man down under? Did you make Australia? Yes, it is correct. You're welcome. Six foot four, full of muscles. Yes, thank you. See, it ties (laughs) into Patty. You know, that was good. Um, Pat's like, do you speak my language? I'm trying to connect with Captain Kangaroo over here. Um, But so there's that. I think there's a lot of organizations that need time um, in lots of different capacities that help with uh, providing reproductive care, and that's on a lot of levels. And of course, that's that's for people with time. I, I will tell you this. If you don't have the time to spare, money is fine. Time is more valuable. Actually going and giving of yourself, do that. Uh, that's something I'm considering and looking into. So um, if people want to get in touch with me about opportunities locally, hit me up. Uh, otherwise, um, we'll talk about this more. It's a pretty big deal. It is shocking. Uh, this is a hardcore podcast. But uh, this is a pretty important one, and shout out to anybody who's ever had to go through these things and thinking about what it would be like if abortion was illegal, and that's crazy. So, guys, big breaths. Do do you want to talk about loud music played at DIY venues? Yeah, let's do that. Maybe Come some back to the 80s parts. when this wasn't even a problem. Which, 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 um, guys, it's time for another episode of Mosh Madness. Uh, let's ring it in. Patrick, you have done your homework. I have. I was allotted enough time. So thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize you were so busy, like, you know, working. <laughs> you, you, like, you didn't have the same access to the internet that I did. <laughs> Tom, he's playing. This is. Playlist. So this is really fun. My son is uh, he's in second grade, but they're starting to do group projects. And so that means I get to hear the like, yeah, you know, but this person, they didn't really do that much. And like, oh, yeah. Bad. Get used to that in life. But Pat it is currently bad. doing the group project thing. It's like, but you didn't give me the copies of the stuff I needed. It's like, but you, you had them in your book too. Oh, well, now I need some time to do it. Sorry. So... Mm. Well, uh, we're already um, 
everybody. Uh, today we are doing some 80s Mosh Madness. Um, the matchups are really fun to me. These two were... Well, one I think is actually really fun. The other was um, felt a little Fleetwood Mac to me, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, today's two matchups are Neurosis, Pain of Mind... Going up against Youth of Today, Break Down the Walls. And on the other side, Adolescence, Self-Titled, up against Why Die. Hold on. Up against Why Die, Black Dust. Um, Any high-level ideas about these four records? Four records all came out in the 80s. Uh, Pretty wide range of sound, I'd say. Sure. Two ultimate, like two classic punk, you know, two classic '80s records. I would say out of the four. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I. My take. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The third might be a, 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 a classic to some folks, but I think that band went on to way greater things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Greater things. However, I've got a lot to say about this record. Me I also. Too. Wanna- I also want to say I think that this is a fix. You two are, you two are in the bag for Youth of Today. I'm the only one seeing clearly today. I don't. Well, we're going to talk about that then. <clears throat> I I think that I have some arguments uh, that will be that are some somewhat indisputable and some that uh, might be more open minded. Where do we want to start? Do we want to start with Neurosis Youth of Today, or do we want to start Adolescence Wide Eye? I think we should start Adolescence Wide Eye, to be honest. Sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so Adolescence Self-Titled, released, uh, also known as the Blue Album. This came out in April 1981. Yeah, it's pretty So remarkable. 41 years ago on Frontier Records, not Airlines. Um, much better record label than Airline. Yes. And... Um, is potentially one of the most recognizable punk record covers. Yes, absolutely. And shirt. Well, I mean, yep. you read the shirt, but I mean, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like yeah. it's like perfectly designed for that. Um, Which is should be annoying. Like, I feel like for people that are like layout people, they're like, "Why would you put it in a fucking? Why would you split the word?" So, so it's one of those smaller? things. I like it. Oh yeah, but the more I look at it, the less I like it because that's yeah, terrible. <laughs> the when you look at the way the letters shape, it's odd. They don't add up. Well, and and so it's not even the way the the space. So the space between letters is you know I'm not I'm not Jimmy graphic design. I don't have a graphic design degree or anything. But it's it's typically called kerning is the space between letters, right? You can adjust that. I'm not even bothered by that. I'm bothered by the shape of the letters. So if you look at the E dash, and then on the bottom, there's the S, the last S in adolescence. Yeah. And it kind of forms this angle, and it really annoys me. And the other side, you get a little bit of that too. So the negative space is all off. Uh, yeah. It's it's really Are we cool. Think, is this hand done in 1981? Um, it's, it's with... Um, or, or like the first Mac typeset. It's typeset. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> not a computer typeset. No, um, it's it's it, it's hand on ta- typeset. Which uh, for reference, a lot of the early Revelation stuff was done with hand uh, typeset. 
some some done professionally like they had you know a guy to shop do it but you can still go and get all that hand typeset they have it all there and it's really impressive to see but this this simple record cover probably took quite some time to put together uh, and figure I out. think it's I think it's the colors. The colors are like I stared at it today, and I felt like I was <laughs> felt like I was looking at a magic eye. It really fucking fucked me up. Um, yeah, it, it's it's ugly. Perfect is what it is. It's uh, it's iconic for a reason, uh, but it's also rough on the eyes. Um, do you like this more than the Weezer Blue record? Yes. Mm, tied. Whoa, whoa! I like oh, it so oh, much I, more than the I Weezer we're talking Blue about album. The, are we talking about the layout or the? No, we're talking music? about the record, the music, the music. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I would. Okay, what okay. What are we talking about? I like the sound of my oh. leg breaking more than the fucking. <laughs> I was so shocked. I thought it was. I thought you were saying I you it was hated just this. The layout. No, okay, if it's just the layout. If it's music versus record. Like if it's the music versus yeah. music, I might have a different. I, oh, different you're going to go the other way. Okay, interesting. I do really like Weezer. I know I'm going to get thrown on the hardcore no, no. belly. First two no, records are great, no. man. I mean, but I mean, this is the number one skate punk record ever, right? It's up uh, there. It's really up there. I just think that this is the most California thing any any of our listeners will ever listen to. (laughs) It's like I was listening to it. I was thinking it is so Cali. Could this exist anywhere else? I don't know. No, 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 no. There's so okay. Let's talk about this. When you guys listen to this, uh, so when you went in to listen to this, I'm assuming that both of you had heard this record before. Yes. Um, I'm assuming that Tom, more familiar than Patrick, perhaps, and Patrick, you haven't gone to it in a while, but you certainly know some of it. And if I was like, you'd say, yeah, I know like at least the, the hit songs off there. Um, yeah, although although on listen, I was like, I don't recognize any of these fucking like th- this is not oh, in my per. Yeah, this is not. In my yeah, purview. I didn't think this it was like, going to be like in your wheelhouse at all. Uh, it's like one of those ones that you have to listen to because it's it, an absolutely fundamental record. So you you kind of are, it, it is put in your face as oh yeah, you got to give this a try. But I'll be honest, in whatever year when I was, I I was not into this as a kid. Right. And no, no. Well, same. Okay. I was. I was. Um, Tom, what are the hits off this record? If you had to pick, like, the most popular songs off this record? Uh, probably, I mean, number one, Amoeba. Mm-hmm. Kids of the Black Hole. Yep. I'd yeah, say those kid, are the kid, two. Kid, so I can't say that. I knew, I did know Kids of the Black Hole. I hate I, Maybe I Hate Children. I Hate Children is probably after that. Then Creatures. Amoeba's number one, though. Amoeba's number one. Mostly due to like the Tony, Tony Hawk, Hawk Grand Theft Auto. So here, read this: uh, the song Amoeba is featured in the video games Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three, Grand Theft Auto Five, and Call of Duty's Black Ops Cold War Twenty Twenty. Wow! Yeah, wild. I didn't know that. Yeah, good. Good on them. That's a good licensing agent. Wow. Um, yo, I think. Kids of the Black Hole was the one I I always thought that was the most popular, but then the video games certainly made Amoeba more yeah. popular. Um, Creatures was always super familiar. On this listen, and this is a record I like. I haven't given it headphones listen in some years. The A side of this record I think is almost flawless, um, mm-hmm. and then yeah. the B side has its his has its has its ups. Um, and I was really there's like probably a two or three song like. 
it's a really, really good record. Um, if you are streaming this, when you get to the songs Welcome to Reality, Losing Battle, and Things Start Moving, those are actually a 7-inch that came somewhere else, I'm pretty sure. They're not a part of the original album. Those are the worst songs by far if you actually go through the whole thing. Um, so if you cut out at Creatures, you'll be good. Cut out at Creatures, and I think it's really good. because. And I was like, uh, both so impressed at how much I really liked it. It was like, oh, I don't just like this record for the hits. And two, that there were way more, like that there was just like a better consistency throughout. I, w- I was really impressed, but I think the A-side is really, really strong. So was this release always known with those last three songs? No, I don't think so. Because that's the seven inch that there's a bunch of. Like I know that the the Welcome to Reality seven inch. You would know it too. It's like used bin fodder everywhere. Um, if you see another adolescence record, that's the one. Right. It's just not. Right. It's just not close to as good. You know. I didn't know if it was like compiled at such a time that it was like, like if you weren't around in 1982 to buy the original. I don't That's even know. I don't even know if those songs were on the vinyl I owned, which was certainly not like an original right, copy, right. you know, oh, okay. from the late late nineties, probably. Um, but regardless, I think those songs are sure. so much weaker than the album. Um, so yes, one hundred percent SoCal skate punk. You get woes, Patrick. Are you offended by kind of the the woe parts of it? Uh, no. Uh, so okay, I hate children. I think is the opener, right? And yep. I uh, listening to it, I was like, okay, we're in for some goofy fun. But I'm in the mood. I'm I'm all right. Uh, but I'll, you're in uh, Australia. You're pretty much in California. It feels like California. Uh, it feels a little bit like the less affluent part of Orange County. Uh, yeah, sure, Australia is like California to California. So it's true. Uh, I think that. There is such good playing on this record that yeah. I was won over. Kid, uh, so l- let me say this. Uh, this is not how <laughs> I think it was intended to be listened to. I'm sure it, it, this was listened to on cassette for the majority of its life. <laughs> but if you put a decent pair of headphones on and listen to Kids oh. of the Black Hole, you are going to hear things that you will not hear through yes. your shitty laptop speakers. Yes. And you will enjoy it so much fucking more. I, I don't want to sound like a fucking old herb. I know this is punk music and it really it's supposed to be like, oh, let's play it loud through a bad equipment. No, this record you could really fucking enjoy on good headphones. I I loved this way more than I thought midway through the record. I thought uh, I, when it started, I said, okay, I'm in the mood for some goof. It mm-hmm. really, it really goes someplace. I think that this is. I mean, obviously, many of our listeners are going to say this is an all-time record. I'm going to say that yes. this is a, a a really better record than people that don't like this style would. Uh, if you don't like the style, do me the kindness of listening to this with some headphones on, and actually listen to the playing. I think yes. you're going to be impressed. There's some good songwriting and some good playing. Really good songwriting, really good playing. Uh, Kids of Black Hole is my favorite song on here, mostly for some of the tempo change stuff and what they do in yeah, it's that just clever. song. It's really a fun listen. Um, this record deserves headphone listen. When mostly, like to be real, this is like this is a record I've thrown on one hundred times in a warehouse 
doing work or cleaning my garage or doing something outside. It's fun, fun listen for that. When you say you you were like kind of ready for the goof, way less goofy than you would think with a record that starts with a song called I Hate Children, right? Yes, it, it becomes more serious, which is weird. It, well, yeah, right. There's a little bit of darkness here. So a couple things I think are worth pointing out. One, it's 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 got it's punk, but there's with California punk, um, you know, there's a few names. You know, you Circle Jerks, Black Flag, Dead Kennedys, a uh, few. Uh, Adolescence deserves mention with those bands. What I like about Adolescence is they don't. They're not trying to sound like any of those bands. And one of my favorite parts is they're doing a melody, like a melodic thing, but it still comes off aggressive. And the drums aren't pulling. Like, there are elements here where they could have done, like like Dead Kennedys, where they get kind of to these surf elements. There's none of that on this adolescence record. It's fast. It's driving. They're pulling off some interesting rock elements, but I think they might also be like I'm not saying they're looking at some of the UK post punk as an influence, but I also think some of that is in the DNA. Uh, um, without question, trying Could, to be um, like trying to do a golden voice version of that, you know? Yeah, I think like surf fucking guitar always finds its way into that sort of shit too. Yeah, some for sure. Uh, I think they rip a lot harder than any of the like alternative tentacles stuff. I think. They share a label with Circle Jerks, but these bands don't sound alike, you know? Um, can you slam to this music? Yeah, but it's not its not like a... You can't donkey kick somebody to this music, but you can slam to this music for sure. <laughs> what's the right venue to listen to this record? Like, what's the best way to listen to this? Or, or like, appropriate? Bonfire on the Beach. That's a good okay. one. Okay, uh, yeah. I mean, here's so uh, for our Australian listeners, here's some uh, uh, constructive criticism and compliment. Uh, so, uh, uh, my impression of Australia coming in was, oh, this is this is a nanny state. People Hello. here, <laughs> people people here uh, need to be told what to do. They enjoy authority in the way, like te- like Texas has this bizarre relationship with authority, right? We can acknowledge that, where they purport to be really free but they also love law enforcement and love to be told what to do it's bizarre mm-hmm. I, th- subs. I thought that, that yeah. Yeah, there are subs you're right so i thought that that's what i thought that that's what australia was on but being here for a couple of weeks they they you're on your own when it comes to injury i don't mean that they don't take care of you at the hospital they do what i mean is I watched kids on scooters drop into a bowl that was the deepest I've ever seen. Like they, they're just like, Oh yeah, your kids can unsupervised uh, fall off of very tall things. They, they just got to learn. And (laughs) I think that there's something to that that I was not ready for. America in the eighties. Yeah. That's uh, Tom. Like it was like Wallace. If people were smoking (laughs) here, that's what it would feel like. Because I feel like I've done some shit that I'm like, oh, this is 100 percent illegal, and they didn't stop me. They're like, he'll hurt himself, and he'll learn not to do that anymore. Yes, that's <laughs> how it feels. Yeah. Uh, so, at any rate, those that deep bowl that I saw the other day with, uh, you know, like seven year olds doing tricks that I am not familiar with on scooters. Uh, 
that's where you listen to this. You you put it on a on a boombox, and that's where you listen to this. <sighs> yeah. Could, could a Tom? Could a young person? Can, does this feel vital? Like, is this? Does this feel timeless, or does this feel like something that someone now would be like, uh, that's some shit that my grandpa listens to? I don't know if I'd say it would be vital, but I feel like it's kind of time. Like, it doesn't feel as. It feels less decrepit than some like late nineties hardcore. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I think you it know has- what I mean. It might not feel like, oh, this is fucking some new shit, but I don't no. think it sounds nearly as as aged as some mosh band from like nineteen ninety eight. No, I, I think you're. I think you're being dead on. I think there's an energy in the music, in the songwriting, um, efficient. So. <clears throat> In the some like, punk oh, misses that with mi- mi- I miss pu- some punk with that. Yeah, well, and I yo, think so, some of the stuff that we'll talk about, it's like I there's no there's no fucking energy to this. It's fast, right? But it's, it's not fast, energetic. So it's it's or it's like hard, but it's not energetic. This would be to me like if a kid was like, oh, I really love Angel Dust and Turnstile. Are there other are there old punk bands I should listen to? Yes. Weird thing to yeah. say. I could point them at this record and feel relatively comfortable, like especially yeah. on the Angel Dust side. Fuck yeah! Kids of the Black Hole clocks in at five twenty six. It's got a different thing, but I think it's got movements. Here's the track listings: one lengths one forty four, one twenty two, two oh six, one forty six, forty seven. Two minutes three oh two, one oh five, two ten, two oh seven, two twenty nine, one fifty seven. Awesome. I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. What I always say when it's if you love ceremony, you have to do yourself the favor of doing the California thing because ceremony more than most bands that I can think of mm, yeah, really celebrates regionalness in their sound. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, oh yeah. I, and in a way that's not like they don't hang a lamp on every fucking riff saying, Oh, this is, you know, we stole this from the here or there or, the, or whatever. They just go, yeah, this is part of the thing. I, I I know that I I like slurp on ceremony pretty hard for a guy that like I only need two ceremony records. That's just me being honest. Mm-hmm. But like, yo, they they're exceptional at weaving their influences into the actual music, not the way that things right, look tastefully. Yeah, not not the way. It's not about the, the like because there's a lot of bands that say we love this. Look at our album cover. That's yep. not what they do. <laughs> They, it's actually in the music, and there is some adolescence in ceremony, particularly. Yeah, that, I think so too. Yeah, that that uh, Roner part in Park into Zoo that that whole yep. and that uh, era for you're, sure. You're going to hear it. So, uh, I would uh, for anybody that loves that era, and I know there's so many of uh, of them in our listenership. If this is not part of your diet, you should check it out at least. Go to fair shot. Yeah, I think that's definitely it. Hundred percent. I I, I think yeah. this record <clears throat> ages really well and feels fresh enough. And and like like I said, you go through this. It's not a long record. It's twenty eight minutes, maybe not even that. I think if you take off the bonus tracks, it's it's a quick listen overall. And uh, I don't know. It, I think it would pull in most hardcore kids. Um, who aren't familiar with it, which is a crazy thing to say because this is a widely visible record from the early era. This was like starter kit punk starting in the mid eighties. Like everybody had this or knew, or this was available. But I think over time that might be a reason why people have 
will we'll maybe glaze over it because yeah. they're so so readily available. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. So, all right. Anything else on this record before we talk about Wide Eye? Uh, no. Wide Eye Black Dust. Um, let's talk about this. This record is on here mostly because, Patrick, you prescribed a pretty f- strong amount of interest in this record. Upon my listens, <laughs> um, I found myself asking if this is the record you meant or if you really liked their EP, A Place in the Sun. A Place in the Sun. No, it's this record, and I can talk it's about this record. this record for a long time. <laughs> I will okay. not no, listen record- to it. Uh, yep. <laughs> no, listening to it, I realize why Pat likes it. I have feelings on that, too. Let me get into the uh, the tale of the tape. Black Dust, released by Wide Eye in 1985. Philadelphia hardcore punk band. The A Place in the Sun 7-inch came out in 83. Widely heralded as one of the better 7-inches of the early 80s. Um, I think it's a really, really good record. Probably the best hardcore punk 7-inch from Philly in the 80s. Um, but Black Dust comes out in 85 and has a little bit more, uh, a little different sound. So why don't we talk about it? Tom, was this your first time listening? Yes. This is my first time listening to the entire thing, and I came out of it in a really different place than I went thought of it from prior. First thing yep. first, yep. did you like this record? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll say it was me. fine. I won't listen I, to it again. I thought it started with a lot of promise. But by track five, I was like, oh, <laughs> well, don't need LPs. If, if track five is the one I'm thinking of, a lot of people, I think, probably drop off there. B- Bloodletting. Like, yeah. Five and a half hours, five and a half minutes. So, hey, Pat, I, you know why you like this band? Tell me. Because it sounds like fucking Yuppicide. Yeah. You know what? This record Ooh, does. This interesting. Record does. Is this not, vocally? Is this it sounds like Yuppicide turned down like like a 45 a yuppicide 45 played at 33 mm-hmm. and the music is quirky enough that it sounds kind of like yuppicide and i think that's why pat likes it okay tom uh, i it. thought okay i thought it was leaning into pat's noise rock interests well for, i mean both because the bass on this does not sound like a bass on any level uh no it, it's I don't know what was going on. It's overblown in a way that is barely it's it's not it sounds fart more like me. a chainsaw than a bass. Yes. And I thought that that was such a fucking interesting choice for people that I would. Ass- I mean, a place in the sun is just kind of like ripping hardcore. They clearly know that a bass doesn't have to sound like this is intentional. Right. And and it's yes, it, it's. They go sludgy before that yes, was an idea. Very before sludge. that was an idea, by the way. So, 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 we should talk about that though. This is in an early era where we're starting to see some first wave bands mess around 
and start doing some sludgy stuff. And by first wave, I mean first wave punk and hardcore bands who are starting to do different things. Um, I cite this. This is a great example. Some of the like New Jersey bands, like some of the Mother Records bands, start doing this weird sludgy, dirgy metal stuff. Um, and it's almost like, is this intentionally the sound they're going for? Wide Eye, it feels undeniable because they're clearly talented musicians. And the sound, like you couldn't achieve the sound if they weren't. And then, but with other bands, you're like, wait, are you just trying to play something slow and you're not particularly good? So it's, and the production's terrible. So it's really muddy and seems, seems intentional, even if it isn't. Or are they all going for Black Flag? No, no, no. I, I actually can answer this. Like so it's weird. So, so Tom, that's, that's the poll that I think a lot of people would go to. I know Echo, shout out to No Echo, yep. and the uh, Anthony Allen, uh, uh, Begnell uh, from 2020 who did an interview with Neil Perry. That's the singer for this band who yep. occasionally goes, <laughs> goes by uh, Jackal sex zombie. Um, yep. Jackal. Is that the so, guy from journey? So, so <laughs> listen, no, not the same guy. Listen, this interview, I direct everyone to it. I'm not, I'm going to read a couple lines, but I'm not going to steal the, all the thunder because this is one of my favorite interviews ever. It's so bad that it, it, it's, it's perfect. It's like, it's, this is, I don't know if this, if Neil Perry is doing a bit here or if this is, he's just an odd guy. He answers uh, everything. the latter. He answers everything in single lines. So like, they'll say, are you a Philadelphia native? He'll go like, his answer like, like yes. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't, answer. they go, okay, hold on. Uh, what do you remember about recording a place in the sun seven inch? I can't remember much about it. It was fun. <laughs> Like this wow. dude has zero- what they didn't tell you is this was a text interview and the dude was kind of busy. <laughs> so I love. So it was like an interview's worst nightmare. Oh uh, yeah, one, without without question. Uh, shout out to uh, to Anthony here who did the interview because this this is like he made it rough. But uh, there is occasional. Yeah, okay. Like listen to this. Why did I got to open the first uh, ever Sam Hain show at the Rock Hotel in New York? How'd that happen? Yep. Glenn saw Glenn saw us at the Great Gildersleeves show in New York in 1983 and liked us. I was a Fiend Club member. I used to write him letters. We stayed in contact, and he asked us to open for his new band, Sam Hain. And then the interviewer says, that was also the show where you guys – oh, was that the show where you guys opened for Minor Threat? Talking about the uh, – Great Gildersleeves. Uh, yeah, Gil- Great Gildersleeves. I remember Henry Rollins and Jack from TSOL were also there. This is This is Neil's response. Yes, that show. <laughs> I just, love, I just love it. Right, you like, play with minor threat, and all you could do is go, "Yep, that was it." <laughs> yes, that's that's the one. But here's, but here's where it's all very germane to what we're talking about. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, did you guys check the uh, the the layout for this record? Yes. Okay. No. So, Tom, they go from looking like, um, uh, you know. Uh, f- fucking punkers. minor threat. Yeah, they, yeah. They you give Pat an extra week, and he's looking into like the insides no, of a I know, record. I know. No, um, Last week, you didn't even listen to the songs. They look like uh, a mix of thrash metal and glam glam rockers. You know, like y- yes, Solon. that's exactly right. And they they have uh, fucking Rollins. Of, they have kind of offensive names that we, we I cannot repeat. We can't say uh, so and, much here. Yeah. Uh, oh so, yeah, definitely not that one. <laughs> But here's the here's the, in the interview. Clearly, the band fairly drastically changed up your image on the Black Dust album. What's the story with that? How did that go over with people at Philly at the time? 
here's the response that I think sums up this record. And it, like, if you look at the layout and everything about it, it's fucking great. We got into Wasp and more metal stuff, and we're smoking angel dust. <laughs> yep. There you go. So, no more. so here's here's my thing. The first song on this record, Not Without a Fight, sounds like if John Brandon was like, ah, let me take a pause between Negative Approach and Laughing Hyena and Easy Action, all that stuff. But I really like what this band Poison Idea is doing. But I want to do a little, let me give it a little more metal and be a little little grittier. That's what I think this record starts out with. And you, there's elements of that. Like there's some Midwest hardcore in the DNA, but it's it's being beaten out with metal leads. There's a lot of rock in the uh, guitars, and there's there's riffs. There's good riffs all over this record. The song lengths are killer. I think it's intentional, but I don't think it's very pleasing, um, especially when you compare it to the EP, which I think is like just great. This is though. If you're into sludge metal, it's not doom. It's not heavy enough. It's way dirtier. If you're looking for a weird metal record to listen to, this one's pretty good. And there's a couple really cool songs. I, I think I think the first song on this record is so strong yeah, that it, it got my it got my hopes up because I was like, oh shit, that's right. I kind of like this record. Uh, and then I remembered that there was a reason I hadn't listened to it for a very long time. Um, and, and there's a yeah, it, it's maybe it doesn't live up to its promise. But if you if you're into, I would say if you like laughing hyenas, you can also do this. One hundred percent. I think I think if you like laughing hyenas, if you like early eighties punk, but also like amrap, and are okay with weird noise stuff, you could really check this out and find some stuff you would enjoy. Um, it does make sense that they were getting heavy into metal. Uh, and because dust. And, and, yeah, dust. And, and dust but like like tom if you haven't sat with place in the sun in a while or ever it's classic like it's it is like philly should actually be proud of that and it's a little bit of a shame that it's not like a it never uh, gets brought up no, no it should be more of a mile marker because it it hints at stuff at like dc and discordy stuff it hints at midwest stuff but it's neither it's it's in this weird netherland in between that I think is really good, fast pushing, but has a different kind of placement. It's it's great, and it's uh, the, the song "Mad at the World." I think is and "Mad at the World" and then "Out for Blood" are my two favorites on that record. I, I think it's really good, and listening to Black Dust made me go, "All right, all right, all right." Let me cleanse my palate and listen to "Place in the Sun," and I felt better about it. Um, yeah, I, I don't have too much else on this one, but other than to say that uh, the song "Not Without a Fight" is awesome, um, and then from that there, it kind of it, it wasn't for me. Who who for a modern hardcore punk oh. metal listener? What bands would you say like? Hey, if you like this, go check this out. Is there anything? <clears throat> Um, no, because uh, I could see this being like for like fans of like clock, clock cleaner or something like that, but that's not like a kid anymore. Oh, um, who's, who, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. That era, like, um, okay. Uh, if you, uh, squirm, if you like oh, the band yeah. squirm, give this a shot. 
yeah, if you and like just if you like very noisy hardcore, give this a right. shot. Yeah, and if you like, it's it's going to be a bit challenging, but it's not. Uh, it's a it's uh, to me it was a it's a nice break from kind of fast some of the faster stuff that we listen to. So no, I, there, I, the, there's the, 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 my biggest problem is that the songs seem long. There are songs there though. I think there's someone who I could see being into this more than me for sure. Who is into more of a repetitious thing. Um, there you go. So for sure. Um, guys, Tom, between the adolescent self-titled record and wide eye black dust, which would you pick? I would choose the adolescence record. Patrick, same question. I think I got to go the adolescence record, although I don't feel peer pressure. No, no, no. The reason I feel like I got to go with it is just because it's uh, as it's just, it's just better. Well, (laughs) it's just, I mean, it is, it's just just better. better. Yeah. That would be the way to put it. Like I'm more in the mood for the why die record right now, but the adolescence record is just better. Yeah. I am I am in the same space. Uh, everybody should listen to the Wide Eye Place in the Sun EP and then the first song off uh, Black Dust. But guess what? It doesn't really matter what we think of these two records. You are the decider. We'll post this up on our Twitter and Instagram and uh, listen to the records first. We'll post them up on our social media for you guys to listen to. Uh, listen to it and enjoy and uh, think about it. All right, guys. Um, the second half of today's matchups neurosis pain of mind second half i know know. (laughs) jesus we talked an hour about fucking why die yeah we did (laughs) neurosis pain of mind and youth of today break down the walls uh listen to silver and blood see you later no sorry (laughs) yo ready yes this is my second favorite go-to neurosis no uh souls at zero is my go-to Oh, wow. Okay. This is my second favorite, but I've been told I really need to go back to Word as Law and give that more of a shot, um, which has been a long time. So I'm going to I'm gonna do this that. It's been around for so long. So long. So Pain of Mind released in 1987 on Alchemy uh, and then immediately, you know, two years later, re-released on Alternative Tentacles. Yeah. Um, uh, this is prior to Neurosis being a Lookout Records band. So that's interesting. So weird. <laughs> so weird. So weird. Because you'll see like old flyers of like Green Day and Neurosis. I'm like, what the fuck? At like Gilman Street. All right. Um, were either of you familiar with this record at all prior to this listen? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was too. When is the last time you sat with this and gave it headphones listen? Long time. Well, no, that's Very not true. Time. Maybe maybe two years. Very long time ten. for me too. Um, and and you know, and to be honest, I never listened to it in this way. I've done a lot of car listens. Yo, I can't believe how good this record is. <laughs> it's awesome. I also can't believe how hardcore it is. I think this is straight up like, you know, punk hardcore band. This is like, this could be. Like, Tom, I think you could take most songs off this and put them on the New Breed comp or the Where the Wild Things Are comp. And it's just like, oh, who's this band? That's cool. You know what I mean? Like, oh, for sure. They're hard enough. There's a little bit of a metal edge. Like, the separation between, like, the metal punk 
and it's not metal. This is punk hardcore. No, yeah. But there's little metal twinges here and there. And like New York hardcore of the time is so minor. Like this would fit better on Where the Wild Things Are or the New Breed comp than Nausea fits on the way it is comp. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. So I was in the right state of mind for this. Uh, Shout out to the YouTubers that are constantly posting uh, uh, records, right? So like Sweet Baby Jesus or uh, No Deal. You know what I mean? Like This is a more effective algorithm than anything on uh, uh, Spotify for me because Mm. it's just a guy digitizing everything or whatever, you know, and just saying – yeah. Uh, and uh, I think it was No Deal uh, YouTube put up uh, uh, the Tower 7 uh, record from a couple of years ago. And I just That's, gave No, it, this year. It's brand new. Oh, is that? Really is, okay. So I gave it a click and uh, really enjoyed it. And then that took me down to Warthog because there's a new Warthog mm-hmm. record. So like, I, I went, I'm oh. in this. I mean, it's really good. it's really good. It's I was oh I was, man, I didn't really know what to expect. I Nobody like, talks about them in, in in the more like well. Let me be clear. They they sold out Bowery, right? <laughs> like so yes. so somebody's talking chisel, about them. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the best hardcore bands going, and they're from New York, and somehow uh, they don't get talked about more. We should we should probably. I think that's also by choice. Uh, agree. And they they played some in a slightly. They played extent. themselves in a different lane, and good on yeah. them because they cool. own in it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for everybody that doesn't know Warthog, uh, just imagine some of the best hardcore you've heard, but from guys in leather jackets. That's it. Yeah, it, it's yeah. just yeah. really, it's just really the good. Punkest looking hardcore you've ever heard. Yeah, it's 100%. just really good hardcore. Uh, so uh, all this is to say, I was in the state of mind for this, and <clears throat> when this came on, I was immediately excited. I think Pain of Mind is an awesome track. I, I was yep. psyched on this. My, but here's my observations though. Whereas you think it's a very hardcore record, I think that the uh, the, the influences that they're bringing in are so all over the map on this record that it's, it's actually for people that like the more focused neurosis that they would become. This probably sounds schizophrenic because th- there's sure. death rock par- parts on this. Yep. You know what yes, I mean? There are. The, the, and, and I think that I'm with you. I think that this is a very good record. The only knock I would put against it. You, so you could, the only knock I would put against it is that there's multiple three minute songs, but yep. the, uh, if you are into any type of crust, literally any, yes. <laughs> this is going. So if you like the pure basement stuff to what we called stadium crust, of however yep. many years ago, yes, yes, yes. And if you like, if you like the European stuff, all of that is done well here. Uh, and this is a really, really strong record. Uh, I would say this is a record that does exactly that. It is also the ultimate gateway to crust record. I think. Oh, all if right. someone is into hardcore, and maybe maybe they can mess with some of the more the current stuff, or or mess with like the uh, you know the more metallic, and then some crust. If you're looking for an entryway into crust at large. And that could separate. You could go into the more D beat stuff. You go to the you know the more the the really dark slow like the classic Amoebix type stuff. You're going to the Stadium Cross. This record is awesome, especially coming from a hardcore pa- platform. And I don't mean just fast. I think you could go from the closed caskets catalog to this, 
easier than many records because there's just some hints of metal song structures, some leads, a little, like a little touch of crossover without being metal. And it's really cool how they do that. You hear some seedlings for what they become as neurosis years later, you know? Um, and and I, from from talking about this with friends, word is law. You start to see that much, much more. Souls at zero. I, I think they're definitely starting to lean that way, but I like that record just because it's a very weird record. Um, but I think this is the ultimate entryway to crust and punk music because it's pretty hardcore to me. I think it's really impressive how well they do it. My my comment might be that it could be seen as being a little long. But I was 10, 12 tracks deep. The song Ingrown at track 10 is awesome. The song Domino's Fall is awesome. Like, there's great r- songs all over this record. And I actually think it's low rated in terms of 80s hardcore. Yeah, oh, I agree with that. I also thought... It's going up against what I think most people would agree are quite um, uh, quite an energetic record. This doesn't pale in comparison in terms of energy. There's a lot of energy off this record, especially in the first track. Pain of Mind opens in this record. Yeah. Is like, yo, like, this isn't Discharge. I love Discharge. But in terms of, like, the punk side of hardcore and especially U.S. bands, to me, I'd go with this and then maybe the Final Conflict LP. You know, and there's probably a few others, but those those two are really high. Like Ashes to Ashes, I think that and Pain of Mind are, are so good. And up until this, listen, I probably would put Ashes to Ashes above it. Oh, and the Conflict record. <laughs> we, we, we need to not uh, low rate that. Um, sure. I'm sorry, not Conflict, the, the Crucifix LP. The Crucifix LP deserves a lot more attention, and we got a little bit of that in the, our first round. Uh, this record's right up there with those records, in my opinion. All right. I'm, uh, I'm in the pocket for this one. I don't need to say anything more because uh, it's gonna, all going to come out in the wash when we start talking about the other record. Now, Tom, <laughs> Tom, yeah. you're more yes. of a fan of Neurosis as they move forward, correct? Yeah, I, mean, I kind of uh, heard them starting at their Silver and Blood. Okay, yep. Like, so, you know, yes, I'm you, you have, you have a Neurosis. That. You see right. that, you're like, what the fuck is this? So, like, going back, like, oh, this is fucking cool. That is a great punk record. And all those, the, the pre- through silver, you know, records yeah. are great punk records, but like I got into such a weird, weird place that like these sound quaint compared to like what they ended up doing. Well, so that is my one question: is that do you think? Okay, so so do you think a full of hell fan? Do you think they could listen to this record and enjoy it, or do you think they'd feel it's quaint? I think they might be able to get it, or like a No Moss fan. I mean, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. I think because it's I think tough, it's but enough. I think so. I think it's yeah. energetic and it's kind of got some harder edges. Whereas, uh, I think Neurosis doesn't. They get a lot of credit for a lot. <laughs> you know, like please, like everybody. I think they're nodded at quite often. Souls at Zero, Word Is Law, Through Silver and Blood. Pain of mind. These are all, yeah, radically different sounds. 
and pretty daring. Um, and they seem adept as they grow. And also, I want to say, their evolution as a band, if you were to actually do the discography listen, I don't think it would feel disjointed, which is a weird thing to say because if you go from Pain of Mind uh, through, I think there's kind of a through line. You can go, oh, yeah, I can see this. It's never like a, like, oh, and then there's that weird rap metal record, and then they went back to the heavy stuff, you know? It all kind of flows into it, into uh, the same basin, if, it, if you will. Oh, for sure. You can definitely see the through line, but I think like, like they became a band that like changed heavy music. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, and this may have changed, it might've changed crust and, and more like kind of anarcho punk, you know what I mean? More than I may give it credit for, but I think like through silver and blood changed, like converge doesn't sound like they sound like right now without those dudes. You're not wrong. No, that's yeah. that's very true. Um, and a lot of bands don't, right? Like there's especially, and I mean, not to low rate it, I think Neurosis's impact on heavy music is more profound in Europe than it is in the States. Hmm. That may be. That. Just thinking about some of those big festivals and how it's like, wow, like many of these bands seem like, if not, no, many of these bands seem like direct descendants of Neurosis um, and in their iteration. So, all right, all right. Um, that's Neurosis Pain of Mind. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Youth of this this band from Connecticut. Youth of Today Break Down the Walls. Turbo Ugend, yes. <laughs> Youth of Today Break Down the Walls released in 1987, 88, 88 um, on Wishing Well Records. Wait, this is saying 80s. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. The original copies of this were released. Was this really released in 86? Wow. So I always think of this as the third record, and it's not. It's the second record. So this. Because it sounds so much better than the other two. I feel like this should have been like the third of the trio. I'm losing major points for having this, my date wrong on this record. Um, <laughs> for what's this record, worth, I, I could not care less. I, I w- no, what, I know, but but in my head, it's it's they're saying eighty six. I guess it could be eighty six, but that feels wrong. Wait, um, what do you? Okay, think it is? So I think it's eighty seven, but um, I'm gonna oh. look at this. Anyways, um, while while my brain deteriorates here, uh, Tom, you think this is is this the best sounding break uh, youth of today record to you? Um, other than like the the last evidence, yes. Okay, Patrick, what's your opinion on that? Uh, I mean, I was also in the right state of mind for this, so I'm going to wow. say a lot of. I mean, look, so and it break down the walls did come out in '86 and then was re-released on Rev in '88. That that's what that's what I'm crossing. Oh, okay, so yes, okay. '86 was wishing well. Yes, which by the way uh, means it was released the same year as Age of Quarrel. Goddamn! <laughs> right, wild. So, anyways, continue. Um, so uh, the other day we talked about, uh, uh, Tom Tom saying, just go listen to agnostic front, right? (laughs) Which Mm. I thought was a very funny thing. And I had been listening to cause for alarm, uh, recently, but I realized I haven't listened to Liberty and justice for all for, I don't, I I could not even long time. (laughs) I couldn't even remember. And, uh, so I went and listened to it this week on Tom's uh, suggestion, and yes. uh, I 
I think Roger sounds almost as weird as Ray. And I was in like a state of mind where I was completely available to raise vocals because I had been primed by, by Roger. So like, yep. that, I I'm, mean, that, that tracks. Uh, and as a result, I kind of raise ridiculousness, which is kind of a turnoff for a lot of people. And depending on my mood can be a bit much for me. Uh, I was, I was ready. And I think I had the same, uh, same approach that I do every time I hear youth of today in a, in a way that uh, when I'm in the right mood, which is very high energy. <laughs> so I have, I have a couple theses to, to bring a little bit of a different energy to our youth of today conversation today. Cause we've talked about it a little bit. I think I talk about it a lot. So we'll, can you think either of you of a singer, hardcore vocalist who sounds as confident as Ray Capo does on this record. No, you got to be pretty confident. He's making some choices here. You got to be pretty, uh, pretty confident in your style. And he just sounds like he is 200% sure. That Not this just is about what he's saying, saying right. but, but the way he's but, saying but it, and this is it. Every, every, yes. And that is something I don't think this dude gets credit for. And he should. He's all in. He's all in. And and he's never half stepped a day in his life. Except for the straight edge. But whatever, it's a whole other story, Billy. <laughs> Yo, it's 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 one of the biggest uh, it's it's I because I thought about it and whose vocals do I like more, Ray's or Rogers? I don't know. They're they're both really unique. I, I don't even I've never even thought about it before I said that right now. Ray and it's not like Roger isn't like <laughs> supremely capable and I actually really like some of the things that he does in this natural way when his when Roger's vocal starts going like the like the thing that people that eventually evolves into uh, uh, Rick, Rick Delight. The yeah. yeah. But when Roger does it, especially on like cause for alarm, I'm, I, I love it. I think awesome. it's got so much personality. There were very few hardcore singers that were any cooler than Roger in like the late, early, late eighties, early nineties. Sure. Sure. Well, and the I fucking, I- the sh- the fucked up bad religion fucking shirt yeah. and the fucking pin together shorts like or a fucking him in a fucking in a slap shot shirt. It's like very few things are as cool as that fucking dude's look right there. And here comes this punk kid from Connecticut who grew up going to agnostic front shows in the city. Who shows up wearing wacky like Adidas pants and is like, oh, I'm going to I'm I believe in myself just as much as this dude. I think I can do this as well as anyone on the planet. Right. And I'm and I'm going to rap over a drum beat. Yo. <laughs> so so um, there's a lot of talk. My second thesis here, uh, a lot of talk between what's a better youth of today record, break down the walls or we're not in this alone. And that's it's tough. We we talked about a little bit when we were talking about splitting these records, and because we only chose one record per band, et cetera, et cetera. This is the culmination of Youth of Today up to this point, right? Like, um, we're not on this alone. Isn't a reunion record by definition, but kind of it is because they sort of broke up before they did the record. They were in kind of a stasis. They weren't all together 
Ray had gotten very heavily involved in Krishna at that point. And that's where, you know, even going back to the um, All Ages Revelation book, there's a lot of conversation about that where it's like, yeah, like we didn't know what he was going to do when he came into the studio. Was he still going to like growl? Was he still going to go off? Was he still going to sound like Ray of today? You know? Because you can yeah. hear like some of these European tour stuff where it's like Ray's singing you today songs, but he's not he's not growling. He's not, you know, ripping through it. It sounds more like Ray from Shelter singing Youth of Today songs, uh, for better or for worse. This is the culmination of all the Youth of Today songs that they did from, you know, their inception to this point. And I think that makes this the definitive, like this is the Youth of Today record. We're not alone is its own document, and I love it. I probably like it more than Break Down the Walls. But then when I listen to them back to get back, I'm like, damn. These versions are so definitive of all these songs, too. Like, more than half these songs, no, not more. A lot of these songs are on Can't Close My Eyes, the first seven inch that became a 12 inch um, by what? Youth of Today. These versions are just better. The recording's cool. You mentioned it, Tom. Is this, this is production wise, like, somehow Youth of Today never got a great recording, but this is as close as they got. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny. Like, I just pulled up like discography. It's like, has any band had as many iconic covers that were all completely different looking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than them, like even the With and On and This Alone fucking cover is awesome. It's really cool. I know. <laughs> when so uh, we've talked about it a little bit when when Rev did the reissues in the late nineties, they redid the covers. Um, and uh, there's a reason they went back to the original covers. We'll yeah, see. yeah. I mean, I would say per, in my own personal um, life, my hardcore life, I would I would put "Break Down the Walls" up there as like probably like my ten, like top ten favorite hardcore song. Yeah, like full stop, a hundred percent. Wow, I feel like that's their best song. Like okay, when that, like yeah, what happened? No, no, I'm just putting that. Say that again. Your favorite, your top ten favorite songs is. It's break down the walls. Break down the walls. The song. Yeah, I feel like that's one of my top favorite hardcore songs ever. Like in the top ten of my all-time favorite hardcore songs. So, all right. To me, this record starts out like I was vibing off the energy of Pain of Mind. I was like, "Damn, that's good." Uh, I know you today's, and then make a change starts. I'm like, "Oh shit, that's right." Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's why Youth of Today is Youth of Today. There's a jolt of energy. Part of that's familiarity. Part of that's nostalgia. Part of that's knowing it inside and out. Um, to me, this record peaks uh, thinking straight, stab in the back, into take a stand. Those, those four, how it opens those wow. four songs, it's like wild. Um, Break Down the Walls sounds anthemic right from the start. Patrick, shout it, great song. Shout it. I mean, look, the only song I have a weird, yeah, only song I have a weird relationship with is Time to Forgive, and we should talk about that in a minute. Before we do, Patrick, are these iconic songs to you and your ears at all? Oh, I mean, <clears throat> to like, my Like, how ears, much do you know them, you know? Oh, well, let's see. Because that's part uh, of it. I think it's probably the same for Tom. I can't totally divorce myself from how intimately familiar I am with this record. Yeah, and make a change. Obviously, uh, stabbed in the back. I found I knew the. He only knows that because the shelter song. 
Make a charge. Uh, what you gonna do? What you gonna do, people? Make uh, a charge. And obviously break down Sorry. the walls. Um, yeah. Sorry, Ray. We love you. I mean, listen. As you point, you know, positive outlook. Yeah, no positive outlook. Let's see. You definitely do. It's he knows my. Yeah, yeah. I bet that there's you know probably. Yeah, I, I don't know about most, but I, I know. I know Take a good stand. chunk. Yep. Uh, but the only ones that I knew the words to, like that I mm-hmm. probably could sing. Like I said, I was surprised that I knew "Stabbed in the Back," which is also a good song. Uh, yes, it is. Obviously, I know the. <laughs> I know the 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 kind of that drum beat into the like pretty flaccidly delivered line and break down the walls is like pretty iconic. So I knew, I know all that. Yeah. Uh, make it like there should be a video of just that, like just the, uh, some, the dude playing the drums to that, to break down the walls, like as it opens. Cause it's so like, it feels like he's playing alone in a stadium. It's so cool. Yeah. So I, I, uh, Bob, I have a question for you about that song. Yes. How did it end up in on the soundtrack for the girl next door? Do you know? Don't know. Uh, don't know. Weird. You ever like, see that movie? Yes, of course. Saw in the theater. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, of course. Alicia Cuthbert. Are you kidding me? Of course, I saw it in the theater. Yeah, it was yeah. an era. One hundred percent. Also, it was Old like, Dado. What is that? Oh six, oh five, oh four. So it's it's like in the weird. It's post uh, um, teen comedy, like romantic comedy boom. But, yeah, it's post American Pie. Yeah, it, it, but and and it's it's 2004. Um, so I was, you know, I was it, it was it was the uh, the oasis in an ocean of uh, no teen comedies. So uh, yeah, I was I was in. Um, I don't know how it ended up. We should we can we'll find out. Let's let's say that. I'm we'll just curious, like what a random song for it to be like in a movie and and it's not really in it. It's just the it's not like you don't hear Ray sing at all. No, you're right. It's just the role. You're right. Hmm. The drum beat and the and the and the feedback or whatever. Patrick, you, you know, I think you said you knew a bunch of these songs, but you're you're kind of an admitted non fan of Youth of Today. Yeah, I. Uh, it's an unpopular take among our hardcore for the hardcore listeners, but I'll take shelter any day. Right. On this listen. What did you find? Uh, it was just reaffirming what I kind of know whenever I listen to it in a good mood, which is uh, tight, high energy, uh, really bold decisions being made vocally on every fucking song. Uh, yes. I mean, look, if you like hardcore, you stand at least a 38% chance of really liking this record. For me, it kind of it never gets over the hill of being a great. It never hits great record to me. I'm never mad at it these days. When I was a kid, I went through real phases where, you know, the you don't want to hear it. Yeah, but I'm kind of I'm thinking. Hold on, which one did I own as a as a like first first maybe ten records? So one of these was in there, um, mm. but. I never, you know, I've said it a million times. I, ne- I never was a super fan. Uh, but at this point, there's no place where you could put it on where I'd be mad. So mm. I guess that's something. Tom, did you find anything on this listen uh, new or, or when you when you heard it that, that just kind of hit you a different way? 
Is it today? Yeah. Ah, I feel like it's so imprinted on my DNA. Yes. <laughs> like I feel like I'd have to like like go like be in a coma for a month, like a month to come back and be like, this is new. <laughs> I just I think the, it's the best recording by far of the today stuff, other than the disengaged seven inch. Um, mm. I think this, along with almost every Youth of Today record, pro- could probably lose a couple of songs. Oh, interesting. Then I think they'd have three LPs that were perfect. If I, if you could go through and be like, maybe you should can this. Maybe you don't really need that on this. What song would you take off this record? One Family, maybe? Okay. Maybe Time to Forgive? So Time to Forgive is the uh, song we just might re-recorded with like uh, anti-violence, anti-fighting kind of right. energy. Mm, I just like, the like well, so <laughs> Keep it yeah, violence. just just omit it. Nobody asked. Nobody nobody needed you to to write an "I'm sorry" track. It's okay. No, um, it's you, cool. You, you probably picked the the two weakest songs on here for sure. Good job. I think you could have made an argument that if anybody is a diehard and hasn't heard, there is a Dawn Fury demo from right before they did this LP that was basically demoing out a lot of these songs. Uh, I believe the only difference from this lineup is it might have Mike Judge on drums. Um, and so it's, Now, the it's, lineup in this is who? Ray, Porcel, Craig, Richie. Craig Ahead, Richie, and Drew from Bold, Drew Thomas. On, uh, oh, this might be one of the best hardcore lineups ever. It's really, really good. It's really good. Richie on guitar is a whole other fucking story. It makes it that much cooler. So on the We Just Might, uh, there's a whole intro part um, because it's recorded as We Just Might and Ray gets goes wild into it and is like, uh, you know, like stumble our way. We might just rip your fucking head off. Like it's like exaggerated New York accent. It's really funny. It's really good. Um, so if you've never heard that, track it down. I'm sure it's easy to find on the internet at this point. Um, yeah, I, I don't this isn't this isn't perfect but it's pretty goddamn close it's a really good record um if i heard this as an adult i wonder if my thoughts would be different about the lyrical content like if you'd never heard it as a kid but it played such a role in kind of being something i i vibed with and like, yo, the band's name is Youth of Today. These dudes were all kind of kids and were singing songs that were written for kids, you know? And like, um, yeah, I think it's fucking great. So um, not too much more to say about it. I, I, I don't know. I think I would relent if somebody wants to say they like this more than We're Not Alone. There was a time where I would have fought for We're Not Alone, and I don't know that I will this now because because quite honestly, I think that We're Not Alone is a standalone document, whereas Break Down the Walls is the culmination of everything Youth of Today was doing up to that point. We're Not Alone is the extra credit. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's get to it. We've been recording a long time. Patrick, <clears throat> Neurosis Pain of Mind or Youth of Today Break Down the Walls? Go on Pain of Mind. Tom, Neurosis Pain of Mind or Youth of Today Break Down the Walls? Sorry, Steve Von Till. We're going Youth of Today Break Down the Walls. I am also going with Youth of Today Break Down the Walls. It is closer than you would think. I really that that Neurosis record is awesome. It's I couldn't just, really tell which way you were gonna go. No, 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 no. I, I break down the walls is 
it's really great. And I, I really, really, Tom, Tom makes uh, little playlists for us that we also, we import them basically to our, our Axe to Grind Spotify you should follow. But he makes private ones for us to listen to. So I was like, really like, wow. I was jamming off Pain of Mind and really feeling the energy off of it. I was like, what's Breakdown the Walls going to feel like? Is it going to be a maintain? Is it going to be a drop? Is it even possible for me right now for this to like, be an uptick and it was like uh oh there it is yeah like like make a change comes in and all of a sudden i want to like jump off my stairs like like yeah like when vd's when vin diesel hits like the knocks when he's like racing yes yes like yo i'm yeah. i'm going 120 already what what where can i go from this oh damn hit that nas and i'm going 160 um right now i'm on the bonneville salt flats yes yo shout out to bonneville salt flats um all right so uh from this uh everybody Go listen to some great 80s hardcore. We got another one coming at you next week. uh, And it don't stop. What's up, Axe to Grind? This is Chris G from Maryland coming at you with a pit report a couple days late from the Galt Show at the First Unitarian Church in Philly on May 1st. It was a Sunday matinee show. Doors at 2. Show was over by 7, which is awesome if you're my age. Showed up a little bit late around... I don't know, two forty, expecting to just walk in and be ready to do a little merch shopping and wait for the first band. And since it's Gulch, there was a line around the venue <laughs> waiting to get T-shirts. Uh, should have expected it. Still a couple people in line by the time the first band played, but that cleared up pretty quick. First band was uh, Cut Down. Uh, I had not seen them before and was really impressed with their energy. Uh, good hardcore punk energy, a lot of dancing, a lot of movement for the first band, which isn't always the case, as you know. Next band was uh, Moloch, who I had heard but was not really familiar with their music. Um, it was a little different, not bad at all. Um, just uh, that kind of music is not something I tend to like live on a hardcore lineup just because doesn't have quite the same energy, but it's something I like to listen to. Uh, enjoyable, nonetheless. Field of Flames, I was completely unfamiliar with. I uh, did notice that there was a member or two of Tsunami in the band. Uh, went over really well with the crowd. Uh, good heavy sound, kind of that bass stuff you're expecting nowadays with that heaviness. And then end it probably... One of the most exciting current bands in hardcore, I'd say, is the third time I've seen them this year. Uh, my beautiful girlfriend, Angie, has a slightly unhealthy obsession with the band, which I'm definitely not jealous of at all. Uh, but the frontman, Akil, is a very funny and engaging, charismatic guy. Always has funny stuff to say. Um, side note, he also has a pretty good podcast called Up the Blunks, which I highly recommend for fans of Axe to Grind. But uh, the whole band rips. Uh, they have never once come close to disappointing. And just uh, I really think they're going to be somebody to keep an eye out for. I'm highly anticipating them dropping an album at some point. And then just to keep this short and sweet, Gulch, last show in Philadelphia. Um, I think this is maybe the second time I saw them at Philly. I know I caught them at This Is Hardcore one year. Uh, I don't remember how many other times I've seen them or where at at this point. But... What can you say about Gulch? It hasn't already been said. One of the most exciting and dynamic live acts of the last few years uh, really have earned uh, the respect and admiration that they're given. 
and really puts on a good show. Uh, you know, the vocalist said before the set that he had lost his voice, so I was wondering how that was going to sound, and didn't didn't miss a beat at all. You know, the band always rips. It was a good time. Uh, it was kind of a out of the way trek for me to do that on a Sunday, having to come back and be ready to be up early Monday morning, but. There are just certain bands you can't miss. So if there's, I don't know if there's any more shows left on this uh, Farewell Gulch Tour, but if there are and you can get a ticket, you need to be there. Uh, peace out. Hey, Axe to Grind. Um, this is M from Toronto with my first ever pit report uh, for my first ever real hardcore show, I guess. Um, I'm kind of the new guy, a bit of a Wilson Westchester or whatever you guys named that character for the kid in uh in the back to basics episodes um last night may 6th in toronto at the baby g uh which is a great room that holds around 150 people by uh by the third or so by the second or third band it was it was fucking packed it was amazing um i imagine i'll see more shows there uh, this was the debut gig for Temper Tantrum. They're a new band, and they brought along with them Dialone, a Toronto hardcore band, Losers, also a hardcore band, Albert Hoffman's Peace Project. They're more of a alt-grunge kind of thing. Um, maybe could be likened to some of the Drug Church openers, uh, if I'm remembering them correctly. And... Uh, and shout out to Cicada, who couldn't play due to COVID, sadly. Um, they're really sweet people. They, uh, uh, they're kind of a heavy shoegaze band. I really liked seeing them open for some other bands in Toronto. They're playing a lot of shit, uh, so shout out to them. But yeah, the crowd went pretty mental for uh, Losers, Dialone, and Temper Tantrum, especially Dialone and Temper Tantrum. Um, Dialone... Uh, was my favorite band going in. They did a great job. Uh, they played their EP, Self-Fulfilling Prophecy, which I really like. I picked up a tape, um, and Temper Tantrum killed it for their first time. You've got <laughs> handsome motherfucker covered in tattoos and a black cowboy hat screaming his ass off on stage. It was great. Um, they were really psyched. Everyone was really excited. The bands were so happy with the turnout, so... It was awesome to see all that. Um, you could not find me in the pit, but they were having a lot of fun in there. Um, so yeah, May 6th in Toronto at the Baby G, Temper Tantrum debut gig was last night. And uh, in terms of shit to keep your eye out in Toronto, um, there's a mill spec show happening in Brampton uh, in the Toronto area. It's going to be a bit of a mission for me to get there. I don't drive, but uh, it's at Spot One Grill. That's in Brampton, one of our suburbs here. Uh, and Mill Spec is playing with Mile End, Cohesion, Bar Down, and Gavel. Um, I'm really excited to see Mill Spec for the first time. If you're into the more post-hardcore uh, and screamo side of things as well, there's this fest at the end of July in Toronto called New Friends Fest. Um, I'm going to be there all weekend doing some coverage. I'm really excited about that. Uh, one of the sponsors is Death Wish, which is sick. Um, and so I'm hoping to meet some people there. Uh, one of my favorite bands on that bill is Terry Green. They're one of my favorite local bands. Um, really sick post-hardcore band. 
And uh, and in September, we've got Hold Your Ground Fest at one of our other suburbs uh, called Mississauga. Um, I believe that's where it's being held. Uh, and we've got Never Ending Game, Mind Force, Pain of Truth, lots of cool shit that I would be very excited to see for the first time. I hope I can make it to that and that school doesn't get in my way. Um, one of the sponsors there is New Damage Records. They're like the more hardcore imprint of Dynalone, uh, a really good Toronto um, kind of rock and alt uh, label. And Northern Scene, shout out to them. They're one of the sponsors for Hold Your Ground Fest too. Uh, if you want hardcore, post-hardcore punk vinyl in Canada and you don't want to pay a fuckload for shipping, check out their shit. Um, I got basically most of the self-defense catalog from them. <laughs> uh, so definitely check out Northern Scene. And yeah, um, thank you. What's up, guys? My name's Joe, coming in with a little pit report. After last week, I left my current home of the South Shore of the Great City of Massachusetts to return to my old home of Columbia, South Carolina for a big uh, hardcore high school reunion weekend. Um, Stretch Armstrong, Hope's Fall, Advent, and the two newer locals, Your Spirit Dies and Rat Poison. Uh, just to say that every band was absolutely on point, except for any uh, little, you know, little technological tidbits here that might have happened can't be controlled everybody killed it your spirit dies was great rat poison big shout out those dudes are killer and you should go listen to their new record right now on spotify advent just crushing it as always north carolina hardcore just came in direct support of south carolina hardcore that weekend um they just killed it hopes fall if you love them you know them you love them that's just the way it is um so loud, so good. And then, of course, the big triumphant return, 10 years plus of not having them, Stretch Armstrong. It was probably, I, I would say that they were probably the first or second hardcore show I ever went to coming out of my past of, like, spiky hair, DB charge punk and stuff that I grew up with. And so, you know, they introduced me to a, a whole different scene and sent me down a whole different... Uh, different path of music that I listen to consistently to this day. Um, but they were great. Uh, they killed it. It was such a great positive atmosphere. Everybody was climbing on heads and singing along and having a good time. Um, I think even Mr. 856 was recording it. So hopefully we'll see a little evidence of that whole show at some point in time down the road, raised a bunch of money for a local charity that, uh, one of the guys from stretch Armstrong supports, um, and a bunch of supplies for a children's home. I think that's the same charity now that I think about it. For, forgive me for not knowing. And also just a, a hell of a weekend. A big reunion of people that I haven't seen in 5, 10, 15 years. It was awesome. And set up for a great weekend visiting friends in that state. Uh, heading on back to Massachusetts now. Hopefully I'll give you a pit report from a real interesting show coming up real soon uh, at the Middle East in Boston. Uh, uh, the Exploited and... The Harley Cro-Mags, interesting lineup with uh, another band called Total Chaos, which are all bands I listened to when I was 14 years old. So this ought to be a fun one. Maybe I'll call back if that one gets real interesting. Uh, keep killing it. Thanks for what y'all do. Okay, just real quick doing pit report here from the UK. 
had a few shows recently here in the West Midlands, in Birmingham and Coventry that I wanted to just shout out and talk about. So the first one was Armour and Big Laugh. They've been over doing their European tour, uh, also playing the UK, obviously. Uh, they played at a place called Centrala in Birmingham, which was a really cool venue. I had not been there before. Um, it was sort of an art gallery slash cafe kind of setup. Pretty pretty small room, very narrow, which was good because there was um, a lot of people were sort of running towards the wall and a nice narrow space, very compact, very well attended as well, so filled out the room. Um, they had like a photography exhibition set up in there. So you had like portrait photos of people from the Ukraine. Then, you know, they had their sort of testimonies from them saying where they were when the invasion started and stuff like that. So that was kind of cool to see. Obviously, couldn't take in the full exhibition given uh, we were at the show, but you know. Um, so UK bands opening up this tour for this, for this date at least. Uh, there was a band from Newcastle, didn't quite catch what the name was. But uh, they were cool, they were playing sort of, you know, classic hardcore. Then next up was about Flesh Creep, local to Birmingham. Saw them recently as well, playing uh, when the chisel came through Birmingham. So, you know, doing some cool stuff. Just about a new EP recently that people can go check out. Uh, so they were playing sort of like fast hardcore, but they also had some slower, sludgier parts where people could, you know, chuck a little mosh and whatnot. So that was kind of cool. Then next up, obviously, Armour and Big Laugh, two bands over from the States. Uh, very well received. Like I said, well attended. Everyone was super excited to see them. So, yeah, hopefully see more bands, more bands like that come over to Europe, to the UK, and put on shows. Because uh, it was a really fun time. And, you know, really fun energy in the crowd. Like I said, sort of side to side. A lot of, like, push masks. Just, just a fun night overall. It was really Really good atmosphere. Okay, then for this weekend, just gone on the Friday night show in Coventry at a place called The Arches. And for anyone who's not too familiar with the geography of the UK, Coventry is located around a 30 minute train ride from Birmingham. And Birmingham is the much bigger city. So Birmingham is around 1 million people. And here in Coventry it is around 300,000. And essentially what happens in the West Midlands is most most of the stuff for hardcore, punk, metal, etc. is going on in Birmingham. And then every now and then the uh, smaller cities around Birmingham will have stuff. But as far as Coventry goes, you know, personally, I was born here, grew up here. Never really seen a hardcore show in Coventry, so... The guys from Mantlet went out of their way to to organise a show here in their hometown, which was really cool to see. And what's cool as well, obviously, you know, having said that we don't really have shows here too often, saw a lot of young people come out. A lot of young people were saying that it was their first hardcore show, so that was really really cool to see. And um, yeah, they were getting into it. You know, a lot of them started off uh, sort of a mixed bill. So there's like metal bands and then a couple of hardcore bands. And you saw, you know, when the hardcore band started and the guys were doing the hardcore dancing, the spin kicks and whatnot, you saw some of these kids kind of take note and start doing the same thing and seem to be really enjoying it. So hopefully some of these, these newer faces will stick around and come to more shows 
uh, in Coventry, Birmingham, West Midlands area. It'll be good to see. Uh, so as far as the lineup for that show goes, open up. Hope you had a couple of local uh, metal bands of Monastery. They're playing a sort of a doom metal style, which you know is not something I'm really too familiar with, but they seem to do pretty well. Some good riffs, um, good stuff to sort of nod your head to, and seem to be pretty well received by the audience there. Then next up was a band called Below the Stones. Um, they were playing more of like a down-tuned, not really deathcore, but like verging into that territory sort of thing. Uh, so that was cool as well, and seemed like people um, received that pretty well. I think they had some friends there, so that was cool. Then next up, there was a guy called Harrison Powers. Um, this was kind of a last-minute replacement sort of scenario. The band Suppress was supposed to play, who a, or a Birmingham hardcore band. They put out their, their debut full Birmingham style uh, a couple of months ago, so people can go check that out. Anyway, Harrison Powers is a solo artist. He's playing a sort of alt-pop kind of style. So, you know, it was cool. It's a nice change of pace, given that everything else on the lineup was you know, pretty heavy or, or full bands. So, yeah, it was a nice, a nice little uh, bit of variety in there. And, you know, I think it takes some balls to get up and do a solo performance at a night where it's like half metalhead kids, half hardcore kids. So, yeah, definitely respect to that guy, respect to Harrison Powers. Uh, okay, so next up you have the two, the two hardcore bands playing. Um, so we had Upraised, who are a band from Wolverhampton, who they're playing around like the Birmingham, West Midlands scene for a little bit now, so I've seen them a couple of times before. Uh, always, always put on a good set. Uh, heavy metallic hardcore. They played a, a Marauder cover in their set, which uh, went off really well, very well received. Uh, yeah, those guys always put on a good show, so yeah, good to see them. And the kids, like the younger kids there, uh, seem to really enjoy their set. Like big push mosh. Um, over a hundred tickets sold for this show, which given, you know, Coventry's not really too known, too known for hardcore shows, uh, it's a really good turnout and everyone was, like I say, a lot of these young kids seem to be having a really fun time with it. So hopefully, uh, get some of them returning to shows in the future. But yeah, big push march for Upraised really went off, really, really, uh, well received. And then closing for that night, there was Mantlet who, as I said, Coventry Hardcore. Uh, they've been around for a few years, but really have been more part of the Birmingham scene, given that, you know, Coventry doesn't really have too much of a hardcore scene. So, you know, they're kind of flying the flag, Coventry Hardcore, but mostly playing Birmingham. Now they, they organized this show. So that was really cool. And hopefully we can see more of that in the future. <clears throat> okay. So Sunday last night. Um, really, really stacked lineup for this one as far as, uh, like UK mosh, <laughs> like mosh metal, uh, metallic hardcore goes. I know not just in Birmingham, but around the country, a lot of people were excited for this one. We had, um, the Daitan Films crew there filming, which if people aren't aware, um, you know, this guy kind of, kind of similar to what Hey 56 does, but more based in the UK and Europe sometimes, but mostly UK. 
So if you check out the channel D A I T A N Films on YouTube, uh, a lot of uh, UK hardcore sets on there. Um, also like Outbreak Best, we see a lot of the international bands on there as well. So if people want to get sort of a taste for what's going on over here in the UK, yeah, I'd recommend seeking his channel out, watching some of his videos. But yeah, anyway, those guys were there filming filming the night. Uh, there's six bands on this lineup. Unfortunately, uh, I was at work Sunday, so I was a little bit late. I could only catch the, the second half of the show. So I'll just briefly say the, the three bands that I didn't manage to see. Uh, <laughs> opening up was Mantlet, which you know just talked about, played on a Friday night. Uh, then you also had Realm of Torment and Raiden. Uh, both bands I had seen before, so you know, I can't say put on a good show. Uh, but very heavy, Rama Torment are doing sort of um, sort of like a two thousands metalcore kind of thing. Like if you think the sort of sort of the like at the gates core kind of style, they're very much in that vein. Uh, Raiden, very metallic, like a lot of riffs, and then the heavy the heavy beat dance. So yeah, I've seen those guys before. Didn't manage to catch them last night because of work, but you know it is what it is. So anyway, by the time I got to the show, first band that I was able to catch was Split Knuckle. They're a band from Essex. Um, yeah, as I say, every band on this lineup is very heavy, very mosh orientated. Split Knuckle, no exception. Um, yeah, those guys do some cool stuff. They famously have a 10 minute song, which you know, for hardcore is kind of a stretch, but they managed to keep it entertaining all throughout. Um, seen them a couple of times, always fun. Uh, good stage banter, which, you know, is important. <laughs> anyway, next up was Climate of Fear. Uh, this was actually the, the last show for Climate of Fear. Um, so obviously, given that it was the last show, people made a point to the mosh heart to really go off for this one, which, <laughs> you know, it was fun. But um, personally, you know, I was like, I'm going to stand back a little bit. I'm not trying to get concussed out here. But, you know, it was fun to watch. Um, yeah, so what can I say about this band? Um, I don't know really if in the US people are paying attention to them, but they've really been popping off in the UK over the last few years. They put out their EP, I want to say 2020, uh, Staying With A Dismal Beauty. Uh, that's kind of a... A smash hit. I mean, as far as like UK mosh music goes, it's kind of top tier over the last few years. And as far as them playing their final show, it's kind of the case like all of those guys in Revolt and other projects are also getting busy. A couple of them playing in uh, Last Wishes, who just put out their their album the last couple of weeks. Uh, Fraser on vocals. He's also involved in Cauldron, who. Just put out uh, the two track, two track release, also recently, and they're doing some some cool stuff. So, yeah, all of those guys are still going to be active in the scene. It's just uh, as far as climate of fear goes, that's sort of taken taken a backseat. But yeah, final show, really fun. Seen them a few times uh, recently since since things opened up after the pandemic, and always good, always super heavy, always inspire. Some pretty, uh, <laughs> some pretty dramatic mosh scenes, but yeah, uh, really cool to see the last show from those guys. 
and they've been playing around Birmingham for a while, so everyone was super hyped for that. Definitely a celebration of what those guys have done. So, final band of the night, final band of this pit report, we had Cruelty. This Cruelty with a K, not to be confused with Cruelty with a C, Cruelty with a K coming from Japan. Uh, yeah, super cool, man. Like Same with Armour and Big Laugh. I think whenever you see international bands coming over and playing these small rooms, sort of rubbing shoulders with the, the local scene, it's always really cool to see. So this, this I don't think I said even, this is a Mufa's studio in Birmingham, which is one of my favourite venues, to be honest. It's... I mean, on the face of it, it's pretty unremarkable. It's a small room, uh, dimly lit, but it's just absolute chaos in there, man. So Cruelty, if anyone's not familiar, they're kind of playing this uh, heavy hardcore, but also uh, like doom and death metal influence in there. So they have a lot of very, a lot of like longer songs, like five minutes and whatnot where it's just unrelenting, just heavy riffs and then into the mosh parts. Uh, so they're kind of, you know, doing it a little bit different to some of the other metallic hardcore bands, really slowing it down and just, yeah, really sick. And, you know, for those guys to come over to Japan, do these UK shows, it's really cool. Hopefully catch them again sometime. I know they played over in the US recently as well. I saw their video at FYA. Seems to be very well received there, very well received in the UK. Uh, yeah, so a really fun, really fun show overall for those three bands that I was able to catch. And, uh, yeah, like a couple of weeks for hardcore in the UK. Um, also quickly on Cruelty's tour, they played Revolve's last show as well. So Revolve were a band out of Glasgow again. So metallic hardcore, but those guys, really good stuff. Uh, so a couple of last shows in the UK this week, but yeah. Signing out. Peace.